Welcome to Sunaquanon News. I'm your anchor, Persona Non Grata. Our card today goes over the Fetterman strategy, mail-in ballots, and will Elon Musk cave to advertisers? Strategy is very important in political races. The right strategy can put you over the top, and the wrong strategy can bury you. Let's look at Mehmet Oz's and the conservative strategy against Fetterman in Pennsylvania. When you look at a strategy, before you implement it, you might want to see, has it worked in the past? In this case, the strategy is to point at Fetterman and say he's not fit to be in office after suffering a stroke and purportedly suffering brain damage. Well, the nice part is we can look into the immediate past and we can see just in the presidential races alone where uh, people claim Joe Biden was mentally unfit to be in office. Many people made that claim even within the Democratic primary. People made the same claim about Trump. And you know what? According to the results, that strategy didn't work. So why would Dr. Oz and the conservatives all over the media continue to embark on a failed strategy? Is it that they love failure so much? Or is it do they not understand it's a stupid strategy and it is a strategy? Unfortunately, it's a strategy that they adopt by default. Now, if you're Dr. Oz and you're going into this debate and you think he's mentally unfit and you want to demonstrate that, you want to take a strategy that will accomplish that. Pointing to him and talking about other stuff will not accomplish that. No matter how good your arguments are, you're his opponent. It's in your own interest to do that. It's not in uh, the candidate's interest. So you have no credibility. And if you don't have any credibility, you ain't going to move nothing. He would have been much better with a different strategy. A strategy that will get the candidate to reveal by himself that he's suffering from the effects of the stroke. What I would do is I would have him recite poetry, recite famous quotations, the best stuff from the past, make it as relevant to the questions that you know you're going to get anyway. And I would ingratiate myself to Fetterman. I would do everything except abjectly surrender the race to him. I would turn that microphone over to him every chance I got. My answers would be, you know, as eloquent as I could possibly be and as short as I could be because I want to turn around and I want to hand the mic to Fetterman. I want him to speak as much as possible. That's the only way you're going to get people to listen. Now, if I go out there and I'm reciting some of the best poetry and quotations from history and he's babbling like a buffoon, it's going to look a million times worse than I just go out there and give answers in plain English. It's going to highlight how bad his verbal acuity is, how bad his, uh, his, his functions are, his mental state is. And that's a strategy, and probably you know the, the best strategy I can think of on short notice uh, that would work. Because in that case, I'm not calling him an idiot. He's displaying it for the world to see. Throw in a couple of Latin quotes, and you're golden. So that's how strategy should be done. People should not just react uh, like it's an autonomic reflex or something like that. 
They should think about things. And not just about what's right, what's wrong, what's true, what's untrue. Uh, how Should I speak out or shouldn't I speak out? They should take time to say, yeah, i got to answer those questions. But before I go shooting my mouth off, what's the situation? Who am I? Where am I? Who am I speaking to? How are they looking at this? What is their take on this? I don't just want to spell out. And that's the reason conservatives aren't growing as well by themselves. Because they don't grab that attention. They're just speaking to their own flock, so they just speak plainly. They don't speak convincingly or persuasively. They're just going to hammer away. To a hammer, everything's a nail. And that's not going to get you anywhere with somebody who's not already on your side. All right. So next, we have some mail-in ballots and drop boxes. Apparently over 200,000 unsolicited ballots were mailed out in Pennsylvania. Now, cheating is a strategy that works. We've seen that in history. Cheating has worked. Many a dictator has won an election through voter fraud. Many even so-called Republican or Democratic countries have won political seats through election fraud. And so we have that going on. We have some people, it looks like, are monitoring some of these drop boxes in these uh, uh, swing states. But And they've had some issues. I think they've had a couple of people call the cops on the people out there doing observation. And they have every right to be there and observe what goes on at these ballot drop boxes. So hopefully they get that all ironed out. And then we'll need to probably watch those things more intensely uh, as, as it gets closer to election day because the drop boxes aren't going to get used much until, it's, until you get close to the election day. That way you know, because if there's going to be any cheating, they're going to have to find out what the count is first before they pull off their massive cheat scandal because you got to, you know, if you don't cheat enough, you still lose. So that's probably that would probably happen closer and closer to the actual election date, if not the night of and after the election. And that's something to take seriously. And hopefully people are going to be watching those drop boxes, installing some of their own cameras to monitor them and so forth. Because we don't want that stuff happening anymore. We have to clean up our elections. And before we move to the next topic, the Mexican weather forecast for tonight. Darkness. And now we move to Elon takes over Twitter. Elon Musk recently took over Twitter, completing his acquisition. He started off firing a lot of people in high positions and other positions, probably going to lay off most of the workforce there as they were, well, communists. And he's going to start over from scratch to a large extent, just starting with their uh, physical infrastructure. So uh, he's got a lot of work to do on that front. And it looks like he's going to do it. And that's good news. And uh, I think he's, he's got some good ideas and uh, a, good, uh, a good view of where he needs to take the company and where it needs to go. Yeah, but one of the things I do worry about a little bit is the advertisers. So I saw where he kind of went out and he was uh, you know, trying to create a positive impression with the advertisers and so forth. But he will need to be careful with that because the advertisers are actually the source of a lot of wokeness. And if he's not careful, the advertisers are going to be promoting all these censorship and banning and uh, deplatforming policies that Twitter and the other social media giants 
have been practicing for the last several years. So it'll be interesting to see how he reacts to that. I don't know if he's going to bend the knee or not, uh, but I think that's going to be the test for him because they're probably going to throw and hold that money out there, not as a carrot, but as a stick. And they're probably going to threaten to leave and do everything they can, uh, either to get the best deals or to get to the, the cave on wokeness. Now, I would hope that he would actually move to a different business model. We don't need this advertising model. The advertising model is the one that corrupted the internet from the outset and made it such a big business for stealing everyone's identity. You realize that's the whole reason that happens. All they do is steal your identity and resell it billions of times over the internet in order to advertise you. And they try to gain and grab all this information all to guess what you want. So they have to compromise your safety, your security, your identity, all in the pursuit of not giving you what you want. When all they had to do was say, what do you want? So I'm not very happy with that. I think they need to change the business model. Uh, He should make it a pay-for site. Because a lot of people, I mean, listen, if you do $100 to sign up for Twitter, everybody can do that. Everybody can spend $100, okay? And you don't have to do it all at once. You could do $10 a month for 10 months, you know, or you can do it like that. You put it on a credit card. It's nothing, you know? You can easily find some place to save $100 on your budget and you and do that. And then that way, when you do that, the great part about it is, well, you're not going to get a lot of bot accounts because every time they try to open a new fake account, they got to spend $100, and then you're no longer beholden to the advertisers. So if people advertise, you can create a platform that respects privacy, that doesn't compromise identity, that allows people to speak their minds without fear of reprisals. And that's where he needs to go. And that's going to be his big test, is how he reacts to these advertisers and whether or not he can manage them with that type of business model or whether or not he's going to cave to their demands or if they don't do or if they do those force those demands on him is he smart enough to say f you i'm going to go to a you know a pay for play model and we'll just charge people subscriptions one time shot that people can afford that you know people can't afford to do bot accounts on, on that in most cases so we're we're all better off and we don't have to suck up to the advertisers who are the ones responsible for ruining the internet to begin with. That's all I got for tonight. For Senequanon News, I'm Persona Non Grata. Please spay and neuter your politicians. Good night.